You're listening to the Google Ads Podcast, brought to you by Solutions Inc., the Google Ads Agency. I'm really excited about today. We have every strategist here at Solutions 8. This is our entire strategy team. I'm going to go in sequence as I see them on my screen here. We've got Caden, Efe, Usama, and Unkar. And these are the real brains behind the operation. You've got John Moran, who's you know leading the charge, figuring stuff out. But these guys are, are really in the trenches day to day. Every single one of our accounts, every single one of our campaigns has a strategist attached to it. They're the last line of defense. They're the folks solving all the, the hard problems. And also like figuring stuff out when we roll out new stuff like performance max. These are the guys that behind the scenes are just going through epic slack battles and trying to figure out what we're doing, how we're doing it, to find best practices, to find processes, et cetera. So all that said, we actually had this scheduled as an internal meeting. We were going to internally talk about how to structure audiences inside of performance max. And because I am a prolific content creator, I said, let's, let's make this public. So gentlemen, I appreciate you all being here. And, and right before this call, I'm just gonna embarrass all of us maybe. The question was, what do we hold back? Like, what do we not tell people because it's too good, it's too smart, it's too whatever. And FA said, we give it all away. It's either zero or a hundred. And for a couple of reasons, one, because that's part of our core values and core ethos. Two, because if we don't say the smart thing and then somebody else says a smart thing then we look stupid and so we might as well just put it all out there so we're going to do that we're going to give everybody everything that we're thinking about and i realize that there's a lot of preamble but you know if you're you're probably used to this because i like the sound of my own voice we're figuring this out as we go and that's the point of this like y'all are going to watch us figure out our best practices right now today and we're going to battle it all out so i think i'm more moderator than anything because i'm clearly the dumbest person on this call just so everybody knows what we're talking about when you go build a performance max campaign you're going to give Google an audience signal. This is one of the most important, gosh, can I say the most important? This is the most important part of performance max, right? It is. It yeah. is. Right. So we're going to say audience signal. And when you go to give Google an audience signal, it's so robust. It's overwhelming the opportunities and capabilities. So that's what we're talking about today. The, the, our entire strategy team is going to talk about audience signals and how to craft audience signals. And I think Maybe we'll do go specific with case studies or industry specific or whatever, but who wants to lead the charge? So I guess the first question that, that I was thinking about was essentially how do audiences interact with each other with an asset group? Cause you know, if you have an asset group and then you have an audience and that determines where the asset group is shown, the initial thought behind that was, you know, Google recommends you have multiple different audiences and you throw those all in together and then you know, you're meeting their best practices. But what we discovered was that with audiences, it's not, you're not targeting something, you're just suggesting something. So if you have two signals, don't expect to be as narrowed down to just that is your audience. And so I guess we're kind of debating now as to how we want to structure that and maybe why we don't add in all the audiences together, because that allows us to see a lot more and see what's going on with each individual asset group. So the idea behind audience signal, like Hayden said, is to give the campaign some form of direction initially. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to follow it completely. It just means that we want to point it in the right direction to start so it can find its customer faster and then build an avatar around those people and then go after more people like that. So the idea here comes in, like, who do we target? What are our main areas or what are our main audience signals going to be? And right now, the ones we're kind of using are non-converters. Uh, non-converters, 
includes your visitors, your add to cards and initiate checkouts. That's gonna be a signal. Your converters, people that converted because that's literally your avatar, people that buy from you. So that's a solid signal right there. The next one is gonna be your demographic and interest targeting. And the thing about this one is that the more accurate you can get with, with your product, the last one, what was the last one? Custom segment. Keywords. keywords. Custom segments. Custom segments and keywords. These are gonna be custom audiences with the most relevant keywords that you have out there. It could literally just be, if you've been running campaigns for a long time, it could literally just be every converted keyword on there into a custom segment and add it as a signal. Osama, you're just listing the available audience types, right? You're not saying all of these live inside of one asset group. No, they don't. Those are just all the ones that we've been working with right now and how we structure them varies differently from each tweet, I guess. Um, I mean, no one else is talking, so I'll keep going. <laughs> I can take Everyone. it from you, Mike. For the keywords, I usually break it down to two, like one for search, uh, like buying intent, and the other one is for people who search for this. I think these are two separate asset groups. And I just- Wait, what was the second one, FA? One is, one is search with buying intent. What was the second type of keyword? It's for the people who search for this. So you have two options for the keywords. Um, people usually create one and the first uh, one, the first one is the buying intent. If you could go to the custom segment. People who search for any of these terms. This is yeah. the second one. Hmm. Yeah. I create two uh, separate asset groups for these because I, I like to see the performance of uh, those differently, like separately. So I create a, a keyword search intent asset group and I create a different campaign, which is buying intent. And I like to say that for the visitors uh, segment group, I don't go all traffic because most of your traffic is not reliable. For example, you have direct, you have organic, you have Google ads, you have Facebook, you have TikTok. So maybe your Google organic traffic is good, but your Facebook agency, maybe uh, they're <laughs> not no able more. to <laughs> don't talk about Facebook. Not the yeah. best. Facebook is a yeah. Yes, sources that works. Don't go for it all. Like 90 days. Only for organic, only for dry, dry again, only for the sources that works. Don't take all. That's what I'm saying. I think, well, I think a lot of that too depends on, you know, what your company's background is too. I mean, like, for example, if you're, yeah. if you're a small company, you know, you want to be more controlled, meaning like, okay, we don't want to target everything. We want to focus on bottom of funnel first and then branch out from there. One thing that I like to do is, well, everyone likes to do, but my favorite is pretty much going into targeting competitor websites and using that as sort of a way to build a lookalike audience. Where are you doing that, Caden? Are you doing that people who search for or websites like? In the search keywords. So like in the search terms, the second okay. option, kind of the thing that you read before. Um, and I'll use like the website there. The key point with this though is... I, it depends, like I said, all this depends on the company, the size of the company, how much ad spend, their goal. But one thing that I like to do to build a lookalike audience for people that have omni-channel, so like if you're running Facebook ads as well, is target a competitor website because the biggest issue with just omni-channel as a whole is that you're going to have some overlap from separate, like from Facebook or email, whatever, and then having that bleed over into Google ads. And so even though Performance Max goes more outbound and trying to find people more so than remarket people, I just think that it's a lot safer to use a competitor target versus just a like your own data to start. I like giving the option to do that. And um, a key point too with that is that if you're targeting 
a competitor, make sure that it's relevant to your ad spend and the size of your company. Cause like, if I'm going to target a fortune 500 company, I mean, that's a very, very broad target. You're going to be targeting like tons of people Billions. going to there. You have to sift through all that traffic. And I think niching down as much as possible to start off is a really good idea when you, when building a lookalike audience. You also because want to make sure that your yeah. business is analogous to that competitor. We ran into this with real estate investing where we'd have clients that their biggest competitor was Homebusters, but Homebusters had five products and they only had one. And even though they, they were pair pursue for that one product, there were four of the products that Homebusters had that these guys didn't have. And so there was a ton of irrelevant traffic coming in from the competitor campaign. Yeah. So there we can just target product pages of that competitor. So oh, we don't that's brilliant. want to, yeah, we don't want to, let's say if we are targeting home, depot depot so there uh let's say we have just one product similar to them so we will just target that product url not the whole website so, and would you get onkar would you get as granular as having a separate asset group yep. that's okay so one asset group that one target and you're going ultra specific that's a lot of work so i mean if somebody has 500 SKUs, that's not possible how do you prioritize product types Themes, yeah, it can be theme as well too. If you're trying to split your performance max campaign and you have a lot of SKUs A, you could either just toss them all together and see what works and then start optimizing from there. And B, if you want to be really picky, you can start splitting up your products by product type. So like if you're selling furniture, chairs will be one completely separate performance max campaign. The tables would be separate. And then I don't know what else, sofas would be separate. And the reason I say separate them out into separate performance max campaign is because once you start getting insights, it's easy to differentiate the keywords because you know what, the, what it is. But once you start getting audience signals, it doesn't tell you for what asset group that audience signal performed best, mm. right? So if, you, if you're selling chairs, uh, tables and sofas in the same performance max campaign, yes, it'll give you an audience signal of, I don't know, let's just say, employees <laughs> yes anything so fast like it'll give you an audience signal of, of families but you don't know which asset group it's associated to which product type it's associated to right making it very difficult for you to further optimize a campaign to be like okay let me create another asset group with revolving around this audience signal kind of situation. are we worried about the cross-pollination y'all remember with smart shopping creating multiple accounts block yeah. remarketing does that happen with pmax so, well, I believe that, I believe that you cannot, it doesn't prioritize remarketing across separate campaigns. I'm not sure if oh, it, it was a, blocks it out. It was the performance max campaign that got the click remarkets it. Right. But I don't know if, if you have like an audience signal that's targeting a website, I don't know if it'll pull that audience uh -huh. over. I'm yeah. Sure. So let's say you're selling chairs and you're selling tables and you have them two separate performance max accounts. The chairs got the click, but they ended up being interested in the tables. Do we lose the ability to remarket that customer? Right. Well, that, and that's kind of, I guess the, one of the main debates there is how do we segment this out? Because sure you can gear ad spend towards a certain product more, but then you lose the easy crossover between one product to the next. Yeah. But to Obama's um, point, if you don't do it, you lose the ability to optimize against audiences for specific exactly. types. Exactly. Yeah. Poison. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. So that's, I, I want to pause there. That's kind of why you need strategists, right? You have to pick your poison and then, and then, and then know as you're going through, these are the risks. And so if you see atrophy or drop off, you know where that's mm -hmm. coming from and then, you know, potentially how to adjust for it later. Well, yeah. I think ad spend too is a big factor with that too. Cause like, I mean, you can like, you can segment everything down, but if you're spending like, you know, three bucks a day for every product, you know, you're, <laughs> you're not going to get anywhere with that. And so I think that at least 
in, in my experience, I found that when you have one performance max campaign with lower budget, and then you scale that up, oh, yeah. then you start breaking it out into separate campaigns because then you have enough ad spend to build that full, you know, top of funnel to bottom of funnel list from, you know, segmenting the audiences. And then it makes it a lot easier. Like I said, if you have a client that's pushing like, Hey, I want to push this certain product out more, then you now have that capability as well. And then to Osama's point, you can get even more granular with that. So I think that it's kind of a, like, you know, you were saying earlier, it's kind of a situational case to where it's like, what type of company are you? What's your goals? What's the timeline? What's the budget? And then when all that's taken into account, that sort of helps determine whether or not we decide if it's one asset group, which I think in most cases, or one, I'm sorry, one campaign segmented out, you know, asset groups versus multiple campaigns. And this is for e-commerce, by the way, not, not a lead generation. I'm going to just put a pin in that, make sure I understood. So what we're saying is the, the SOP potentially is no matter what, exceptions aside, 80% of the time, we start with one performance max account campaign, excuse me, and then use that in order to determine where we would spin accounts off. So well, that's if how I like to do it. I don't know if everyone else here does it. I don't know if other people like to segment it out first. But I'm starting just point too. Because the thing is, uh, when you first create a campaign, it has a learning curve. And right now, all the accounts have smart shopping campaigns. So we create one performance max campaign to transfer that data. We just have to wait for it to take over to have some data in it to feed the algorithm. And once you have like with the performance max campaign, then you start split, splitting it into different campaigns. Well, in and a month, you know, your so Google's products. education says four weeks. That's exactly what Google says too. It says a performance max campaign needs four weeks in order to prove efficacy. Yeah, but it also depends on your budget. Like if you have $10 a day, then it won't take you like a month because you will not uh, have enough. If you're getting 10 clicks a day, then at the end of the week, I will not be able to say like 2% because right. we didn't even have like 100 people. I cannot make assumptions. So that's why Kaden implement uh, say that you need to have a decent budget and a decent line of work to feed the algorithm and feed the campaign. Gotta understand performance max targets pretty much every channel that Google has to offer. And if your budget doesn't support that, it won't be able to perform as effectively or as well as it when it's trying to target people. What are minimum budgets? It's an impossible question to answer. We'll put that aside. But e-commerce, national e-commerce. Depends a, on the number of products. Depends on SQs, I'll, I'll, yeah. here's, I'll tell you all what I've been saying. You can tell me if I'm a liar. I've been saying if you can't liar. spend five grand a month, then we're going to have a hard time reaching critical mass. I think, yeah, I think that that's a good general rule of thumb. But at the end of the day, too, I mean, it depends on the CPCs as well. Sure, um, sure. I mean, yeah. shout out to Uzair, but he has a theory that says $1 per product. I mean, maybe that's yeah. a starting point. $1 per product per month? Yeah. Per like day. if you have like 10,000 products, even 5G won't cut it. So you will be, uh, you should be able to spend $1 a product. Like you have I, I think that's a really products, good rule. So that should side. be $100 a day. The problem is, is we've got a bunch of clients that have low SKU counts, like 100 SKUs, and I don't want to tell them it's 100 bucks a month. <laughs> no, well, but I, I think. I think it's just like, you can still make things work. It's just what's most optimal too. Right. Like, and that's going from, you know, Uzer's perspective as well. Like we can even, we can even look at something to where you have just a very high ticket product that you only have like 10 of them, but you have to have a high budget just to be in the market itself, you know, for bottom of funnel. Well, so this is the most interesting so. <laughs> part of the conversation for me, which is we're going to end up being able to identify broadly speaking, a cost per audience. Because as we're targeting yeah. audiences, we're going to realize, oh gosh, this audience is super. Google is, it used to be the cost per click or cost per search term. Mm -hmm. Now it's going to be, if we're all going after the same audience, the cost of that audience is going to rise. So one of the tricks, and this gets very Facebooky, to Usama's point, I gave you credit, 
<laughs> Google is turning into Facebook. This gets very Facebooky because now it's it's finding those fringe audiences. Like who can be the most creative with the audience identification? Uncar, you've talked the least, and you're probably the smartest one yeah. on this call. So I want to I want to hear from you. Where okay. do you start? You have a brand new client, fresh out of the gate. Where do you start mm-hmm. identifying audiences? Okay, so first let's let's consider it's a low budget client. So let's say we have a five thousand dollar budget. So what I do, I so Google has learned and Google, uh, Google has evolved, right? Right. Uh, the machine learning has evolved. The AI has evolved. So what I do, I try to not bet on certain categories. I will just target all products. Okay. I will segment it in asset groups. One asset group will target one audience. So like Osama said, we will target all visitors, all converters, non-converters, affinity in market demographics, live events. So we have like, we will segment it out in six, seven audiences, and then we will let Google decide which products he wants to target, which as the group is performing. Then in listing groups, we have all the data like uh, custom segment, uh, custom segment purchase intent that, uh, that audience signal is performing. So what we will do, we will separate out, we will move the other categories, oh, sorry, asset groups or audience list, audience signals to another asset performance max campaign. So we will use the first performance max campaign, which will just target custom segment audience, sorry, custom segment purchase intent. Mm. Then the second performance max campaign will target the audience signal. Then we will find in the second performance max campaign, we will find for the most performing, we will keep that there. And then we will move out the other audience signal to the third performance max campaign. That's how we should do it for a low budget client, because there we don't have, we don't have, uh, the luxury to separate out the performance max campaign based on, uh, categories. Product yeah, there's not enough money. So the way that I yep. view that is a waterfall. You have performance max campaign number one, which is yep. like your your core exploratory, and then performance max campaign two is where you find your granularities, and then performance mm-hmm. max campaign three is where you feed those granularities in. Yep. And and then with Google Analytics, we will know that this product is performing. So in performance max one, let's say where our custom segment. Uh, purchase intent audience is working, then we will try to look at the products and then we'll start pausing the products, which are getting most clicks, but they are not giving us conversions. So we'll try to pause it. We will try to connect uh, Google ads data to Google Analytics performance data. Like we have, we, we get data in, in, in Google Analytics for a product list. So we will try to match it. We will check which product is converting because the data, you will see that the data is different because Google ads use like four five, like it, it's on you, which attribution model you want to use, mm. but Google analytics use last click data. Okay. So first yeah. you have to match that. And, and then you have to find out which products are performing in that specific performance max campaign. And then, uh, you have to keep the performing ones there and, uh, you have to pause the other ones. Optimizing by feed is really brilliant, man. I hadn't really thought about that. That's the same way we're optimizing smart shopping. What okay. attribution model are we using? I know data-driven is the recommended. What do y'all position like? based if you don't yeah. have it and then data-driven. Yes. And one more thing, when, whenever you are 
switching from smart shopping to performance max you have to change the attribution model so for smart shopping we like for all of our accounts we were running on first click but like after running performance max campaign we found out that google is still attributing conversions to the old campaigns like the smart shopping campaign mm. so then we figured out that this is happening and then we changed the we like we have to change the attribution model so like google also recommends data driven but yeah if we don't have data driven we can use position based or maybe time decay you guys why wouldn't somebody it, have data driven didn't google make that it was like september of last year that they made it the default mm -hmm. it's still not no, available for some it's still not available for all uh, accounts no it's not available yeah wow i didn't know that uh, yet it's, also, isn't I, there like a rule of something that you need to spend or get a certain amount of conversions on a month uh, to get it's data driven? Five hundred conversions. Yeah, I think. Yep, five hundred like conversions, and then just to uh, have it, you need to have like five hundred conversions. That's so funny. In order to get the data, you have to have the data. Thank you, Google. <laughs> yeah. I like the summers, or I like Onkar's waterfall model, the the Pmax, the three Pmax campaigns. Is that only for low spend? Uh, yes. Because then, then we segmented uh, how we want it. So in performance max, it's better if you segment it based on products. And then uh, if you want to segment and within that product categories, we can segment it with audience signals. But if you have more budget, then you can create a specific campaign for a specific product group uh, or product category and a specific audience signal. So there's so, a question for, I want everybody to answer is what's your favorite audience signal type? You know, there's like nine mm -hmm. different input boxes. Onkar, you go first. What's your favorite audience signal? Affinity for my campaigns, like affinity is working good. So yeah, my answer will be affinity, affinity okay. audience. So one for affinity. Who's next? Definitely like custom segments without a doubt competitor. I just find competitor works really well, especially when it comes to scaling too, because you're leveraging, you know, their data per se. <laughs> so you essentially can build, like you can find the commonalities between each of your avatars and then figure out, okay, this is the type of people that are, can, that are buying on this website and then target them. And then essentially just fast forward to the lookalike audience. That's, that's what I like to do the most. That's great. So we've got one for affinity, one for custom, custom. segments, specifically for competitors, which yes. is a great pro tip. Who's next? I can go. I'll, I like to start with converters, a customer list if I have it, and then to scale because it builds an avatar and then to scale add competitors because now you can broaden out. I, so I love uploading the customer list. I think that's wicked. Ninja it's like, here's everybody that already gave you a bunch of money. Like, let's just go. And Google's going to expand from there. So it's not that they're just targeting those people. They're using those people to find the other people. F.A. Yeah. Mr. Red. I have to go with the... <laughs> I have to go with the customer list too because when you first start, you spend like two thousand dollars. You have, let's say, one hundred conversions, but that client can give you like nine thousand people out of the blue, and you can just start with everything you have. I think That's I think a lot of that too is geared towards the size of the company as well. Because I know that you you used to be able to. Last I saw, you can't do it where you can directly add the audience signal of a customer list to an asset group, but now we're not allowed to do that. So we have to kind of, you know, bypass that. So Wait, what did you say, Caden? What aren't we allowed to do? So originally we were able to add a customer list to an audience signal. Mm -hmm. And I just found recently that I can't do that. And I think like five accounts have tried to do that um, due to privacy. I don't know what it is, but for the last week I've been able, able, unable to do that. 
So a workaround is essentially uploading the customer list into just, you know, uploading a customer list and then having that audience signal be all converters and then all website visitors as well. So it kind of blends those two together, but I've, I haven't been able to just have a customer list. That's interesting. I didn't realize that we'd lost that capability. I mean, who knows? Like they, they give stuff and then they take it back every single day with yeah. performance max. So I'll see something that works and the next day it's like, oh, it's not there anymore. And then there's something else that's new. So in so, my little sandbox here, it's letting me pull from my custom segments. So I can create a data list in audience manager, go to audience manager, create whatever segment I want. So in, in then we have it again. <laughs> well, that, that's what I'm upload, saying. Like it, it's also, upload. it could be per account. I remember Facebook doing this all the damn time. I'd have an audience that I really loved. And then all of a sudden I'd wake up and that audience would be gone and they wouldn't let me target it anymore. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, like I said, a case by case basis too, at the end of the day, because it all depends on your company size. And then, yeah, what Google gives you <laughs> in performance max. Yeah. Because yeah. Google considers you privileged enough or not. <laughs> yeah. How much are y'all using demographics? Not too often. No. No. It's it very open. broad and it's, I don't know. I don't, I don't really like it to be honest to start. I'd use that later on if we're hitting a ceiling on budget, I mean, or uh, scaling. F.A. Uncar, do y'all use demographics? No. no. Sometimes it, it depends on the client. Actually, we don't have an SOP for the performance max because it's so wild and so broad. Like, for example, if you don't like this, you can always cut it out. So I'm just going to tell the story. So we had a client <laughs> and a specialist, someone, a specialist like Halal, I shout out to him, Halal <laughs> figured out that most of the customers are male. And this is for like... What was that product you do this and it removes the hair, hair okay removes stuff. yeah okay oh, so you expect to sell to the like the uh woman right but all the conversions are coming from the male audiences and we thought like hey since maybe people use one laptop maybe there's a one only one laptop in the household and we run this idea to the client and he said most of my clients are a transgender people so that gave us a whole new demographics we asked for new assets we targeted, mm -hmm. we tried to target those people like that demographic. We're just waiting for the results. Dude, so that's such an interesting soundbite because with the way that Performance Max is working, especially with the custom segments, if you found out that I have a lot of transgender people who are purchasing my product, there are a ton of websites that would help you identify that audience that aren't related to the product. Yeah. So there's probably like, you know, like a forum or, or, you know, communities that you could go online and say like, okay, this is who my audience is. And if they're going to this website, then I know that they're, I know that they're transgender. And, and as much as we can do to be expansive there, I think that we should, because it's like, you're no longer Google. Google is such a bottom of the funnel intent-based keyword focused paradigm. And the fact that we're flipping that it's really hard. It's hard to change the way that you're thinking from keyword to audience. That's a great example. FA. I appreciate that one. Yeah, it's more like Facebook cash right now and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> the best audience signal apart from affinity, like for all the accounts, our custom segment audiences are working. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we should play with custom segment audiences. So yeah, we have three, four options in there. So we should try each and everything. Custom also, segments. Have y'all played with the people who use similar apps, apps similar to X? I haven't expanded really, that yet, no. no. I'm excited about that because there's a lot that an app can tell you, you know, like, 
if we're going after, I don't know what, high net worth individuals, like there's specific, maybe oh, you're targeting, yeah. you know what I mean? I see what you're mm. saying. There's like the financial management. I don't know. I'm not a high net worth individual. So I don't know what I'm, you know what I mean? Like the, we can go figure out what apps those people use and we can be like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to get right. And you know, who told me to use demographics was Alric Heck. He and I had a conversation and he said, targeting YouTube, he, use, he uses a household income and he does uh, top whatever, depending on what it is that he's offering. But he always segments by household income because once you get to we're, that over 50%, you kind of, there's not a lot you can advertise. We're actually, so that, now that you brought up the income, we're actually doing that in an account that we got recently. They sell jewelry and they sell it across multiple countries. So a lot of these are like, uh, I want to say lower income countries. Right. And what we're doing in the performance max campaigns is we're setting the household income threshold to above 30%, like the top 30% of earners there as a target, because we don't want everyone below that with the people that are just yeah. browsing and looking through junk but traffic. With the income span, like household income for all of, for most of the accounts, you will see that you will find that there are more conversions in other category. Mm -hmm. So you we should also target other categories because Google can't segment all the, all the, all the people in, in people. their specific categories. Yeah. Mm. That can even give you like insights as well too, for other audiences. Like you can use that to farm out, be like, Oh, these types of people are this audience. Okay. Let's target this audience. I think a lot of the audience structure just kind of comes down to number one, like I said earlier, the budget, but coming to a very targeted audience that you know is in your market and then feeding you know the system like more audiences to then scale up and then broaden out more and more and then leveraging the insight tab to help that process as well too i think Perfect. demographics i didn't think about it being like a very i guess very niche down but it makes total sense to you know target you know top 30 percent or top 10 percent for specific you know specific services yeah, those are our yeah, goals too, sure. right? Like, so th this is something we haven't done yet as an agency. I don't think at all. And somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but we could go super top of the funnel. We could go list building, right? Like selling yeah. lead magnets, basically. You make that the goal, and then you can go to a broad top of the funnel audience. Yeah, I'd be really interested because I remember Facebook used to get like two and three dollars CPLs. Y'all remember that? Like, yeah. I wonder if we could replicate that now inside of Google Ads using Performance Max. That'd be really exciting we to test. We could if they would let us do targeting. <laughs> But since there's signals, <laughs> it just keeps, you can start it. Yeah. But then it'll just go its own way. Mm. If it started letting us target audiences, then that would be a game changer in terms of building out proper full funnels yeah, with respect to creating. Right? So like, wouldn't the targeting, wouldn't the machine learning kind of take care of the targeting itself? You give it the signal, say, this is what I think you should be going after. And then they start to see who within that signal is working. Yeah. But then how would you narrow it down? Because the way it used to work was that you used to build that audience with, let's just say it was viewers on Facebook. And then in the next campaign, you would target only those viewers. And then the next campaign, you would target the people that would add to cart kind of situation. And the next campaign, you would target only initiate checkouts. I see. People. So your funnel was built inside of the campaigns. I, I'm almost thinking that we have a goal for download my white paper and then mm -hmm. send them to this audience. And we, we let Google do the thing without without trying to build the bridge ourselves toward the test. Yeah, but the Maybe. problem is yeah. with that is like, like you say- <laughs> I love how nice uh, you guys are to me, by the way. Everybody's like, that was the dumbest idea we ever heard. Keep it PG. Uh, what, what were you saying? I was gonna say that like, remember the remarketing click will be in the same campaign that got the first click. So right. you got the first click to get to the lead magnet. So not right now you got the lead magnet, but will this campaign 
let this campaign run for that person? So that's the that's the question here. Should we be running separate asset like, groups to the remarketing? I, this is actually tangential to what you're saying, but shouldn't we have we shouldn't like one best practice always be remarketing asset group? Mm -hmm. Yes, yep. it's just yes. a visitor and the non-converter one. Exactly. We're just targeting okay. all visitors and add to cart and check out the people. All right. That's our so far, we've come up with one SOP. <laughs> but we have it. It'll probably change. <laughs> yeah, it'll probably change. FA, I interrupted you. I'm sorry. No, no, I was done. Okay, good. What are we awesome. hitting? We're gonna have like, to. I'm, I'm monopolizing a... conversation. What's the what's the the stuff y'all want to talk about that we're not getting to yet? Inside tab. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, th I think yeah, John already talked about it a lot, but yeah, with Insight tab, we can do a lot. Uh, so as I told that, we have to play with custom segment segments. So in Insight tab, we get like two insights for now. So first is audience insight and second is keywords insight. I think that's search the name. Yeah. yeah. Search theme. Yeah. Sorry. So in there, uh, we get like multiple different search themes and the SOP right now is we have to copy all the keywords in, in that particular search theme. And we have to like create a custom segment. And first we have to create an asset group and we have to target that custom segment, custom segment. It can be purchase intent. So custom segment purchase intent for that specific keyword theme or search term theme. So yeah, that's how we are doing. And, and for audiences, the same thing. Like if you see that the specific audience is, is having like 50%, more than 50% conversion share, move, create a separate asset group and target that specific audience. And then Google will explore that audience and then it will optimize for that audience specifically mm. with that that's, asset group. It's kind of like what you were saying earlier too, Cass, and more, mm. I guess, proof towards that is, you know, the whole spaceship concept of like you're guiding it in a direction and there's so many things going on that like you have to drive it you're unable to like stick shift and like be like mm. a race car driver with the analogy you said like a race car driver or something like that and you're going like 200 miles an hour versus now you're going like thousands of miles an hour because there's just so much going on in the background and so steering out where you want to go is even more important because you're covering way more distance whenever you do that mm. and that kind i love of that analogy Caden. those Cool. <laughs> I mean, you came up with it, so <laughs> what? Of course he did. Of course, yeah, he did. of course. Yeah. I stole it from All somebody, my race. somebody who hasn't been That's given adequate attribution and credit. No, I thought this was. I, I so I want to do more of this. If y'all don't mind, I want to do more strategy meetings. I'd like to. I'd like to make them public. If you're watching this, I'd love to know what topics you'd like our strategy team to talk about. And if we were to do a re recurring series, you guys guide, especially our members. So if you signed up for the Solutions Eight membership, super appreciate you. Thank you for the support, and we'll be counting your vote with greater weight because y'all are obviously the ones that have raised your hand and said, Hey, we're, we're sort of investing in this too. And we want to make sure that investment pays off. We've still got a couple of minutes, last words from everybody. We'll go around Caden. Daily Google news. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hashtag daily Google news. Take everything we say with a grain of salt. Cause tomorrow it could be completely different. <laughs> Dude, And that's what's funny is we kind of yeah. don't know what we're doing yet. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, we've had a lot of sandbox time, but that's about yeah. it. Yeah. Well yeah. said. Unkar, last words. Yeah. Test, test and test. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the thing with performance max. You have to test. Test cubed. Yep. FA. Don't use templated stuff. Like <laughs> try different things and find out what works for you. Dude. So that's, you stole mine. I was going to say there are no more golden rules. Mm. 
That's exactly right. And that's tough for us because we used to jump on YouTube and say the new golden rule is, and now it's funny, we've had an hour long conversation about how to, how to build an SOP for audiences. And we didn't come out with any SOP. It probably confused people more than probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of nuggets individually. Uh It's like when we talked about individual use cases, it's like, Oh, I could use that or I could use that, but you have to get in, you have to get your hands dirty and you have to try like, this is, you know, you really have to dive deep and you have to be real comfortable with failure. Like most mm. things are going to fail, fail forward. That's what's cool about Google though, is unlike Facebook, you target an audience and it'd be like, oh, that didn't work. Google is actually telling us like, hey, this in- insight or these audiences are outperforming these audiences and kind of helping guide us towards towards something. Oh yeah, that's a bit of a, you could be completely wrong with your targeting. And if you waited long enough, Google will tell you which direction to go. That's so yeah. funny, dude. Yeah. Cool. We'll do this again. Appreciate y'all watching. Thanks for listening to the Google Ads podcast. For more ways to grow your business with Google Ads, you can subscribe to the Solutions 8 YouTube channel. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to work with the best Google Ads agency in the world, you can visit Solutions 8 at sol8.com. Kasim here. If you're running Google Ads, even if your campaigns are successful, my years of experience have taught me that there are almost always enormous improvement opportunities. Now, what if the best Google Ads agency in the world was willing to review your Google Ads campaigns for free and provide you with a comprehensive action plan, no cost or obligation? Notice, I didn't say audit or evaluation. I said action plan a bullet point by bullet point breakdown of exactly what needs to be done to improve your Google Ads campaigns. Yours to keep, no cost or obligation. Head over to solate.com to get a free Google Ads action plan customized for your business. No strings attached. That's S-O-L-8.com. S-O-L, the number 8.com.